Hey, it's Peter here with my FSHD. Well, <laughs> you missed me over the weekend? Yeah, I know. I missed the Saturday catch-up. Uh, you know, I was planning to do it. Um, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday evening, Friday, Sunday. Uh, you know, just got busy. I'm actually, I'm actually in the lab. Um, you know, we're not really short-staffed. You know, I keep saying, you know, we're behind trying to catch up. Actually, we're not behind. We just have so much to do. I mean, it's kind of a different maybe mentality. So we just have a lot to do. Everybody's, you know, working their butts off, doing a great job. But we have so many uh, samples that have come in because now we're doing in the lab, you know, on large, large projects with uh, Australia and Brazil and Argentina, not to mention the normal uh, international samples that come in. Uh, Poland, um, you know, <laughs> you're getting doing some stuff there. And, uh, and all the domestics. It's just actually so surprising to me because, you know, there's these, well, <laughs> it shouldn't be surprising. A lot of samples still coming in. Number one from the good old USA. Uh, there's a need. And, you know, yeah, there's some people that already have confirmed diagnostics, uh, you know, just wanting to help out our research. We really appreciate that. People that confirmed healthy, confirmed not. But uh, a lot of people, <clears throat> a lot of people want to find out about their kids. A lot of people just have clinical diagnosis and just kind of curious about their status, you know. And again, we don't do any diagnostics. We do a research test, no cost. But it's pretty amazing. So, um, yeah, so sorry, you know, I just never got around to it. I had all my notes and everything ready, man. I was going to give my big Bundesliga prediction. Um, it's not really, you know, cause I'm a, you know, I'm a premier league guy and things are starting. I mean, summer's almost over the, you know, the footy is, uh, starting up again across the pond. And, uh, so which means I'll be now when I'm up at four 30 in the morning, I have something to do, which is yell at the TV as Arsenal tries to pass the ball into the goal and still misses. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't want to, you know, we're, we're at my FSHD, we're, we're global. And so we do want to, you know, pay, pay attention to everything, you know, so the Bundesliga, you know, all I care is someone other than Bayern Munich wins. Come on guys. What's it been like 10 years in a row? Come on, Frankfurt, Dortmund, Cologne, somebody step up and, and take that thing. And at, le at least in France, you know, with, uh, Liga Un, Un, whatever, you know, my French ain't so great. What a, uh, you know, the, at least Lille stepped up a couple of years ago, right? And they, they took it from PSG, which actually is monumental. That's, uh, that was um, spectacular to the, the see PSG lose that. Um, down in uh, La Liga, oh, man, I don't know. You know, I got to say, I'm always, I'm always pulling for uh, Atletico Madrid just because I just, you know, kind of, I don't know, the big guys. I just, it's, it's fun to see. I don't want to see Real Madrid win because, you know, Ronaldo's going to be a, uh, front runner and, and try to join them in, in January. And I just, you know, and yeah, I like the spirit of the Atletico. So, um, yeah, we're going to be pulling for them. And these aren't really predictions. This is what I'm hoping is going on. You know, I hope Arsenal wins the Premier League. <laughs> God forbid, there's no way in hell I'm going to predict that. Jesus. Um, I think the Premier League is already mathematically over and, and City has already pipped uh, Liverpool. All right, so um, so that's what's going on. You know, I was sitting, you know, looking, hey, you know, it's kind of, you know, I was in lab, kind of reflecting a bit, and I mean, damn, we're dang near a thousand domestic samples and pushing. I don't know, man. You know, it's hard to know, you know, because we we keep track, but we have so many extra programs. I'll, I'll bet we have eight hundred international. So, 
you know, and you figure no cost to anybody, even in our big projects, no cost. I mean, no cost to anybody. No, I mean, cost me, <laughs> it costs us, um, cost, and um, and we're happy to do it. Um, there's a cost, and it's covered. But we, you know, uh, uh, definitely want to give a shout out to those who cover the costs. You know, um, in the USA, uh, Friends of FSH Research is the only foundation that has. Um, funded us. Of course, they're also the only one we've asked. Well, I shouldn't say that. They're not the only one we've asked. Um, I did not ask Carino because Carino funds so much of our other good stuff, but I did ask, uh, you know, so um, so we'll just leave it at that. So really appreciate the funding from Friends of FSH Research. Um, FSHD Canada, we really appreciate their funding. Um, you know, we're partnering with FSHD Global. They're doing, you know, they're actually, you know, picking up some of the tab on the Australian project. Um, a brave few in Brazil. Uh, they're doing. They're you know they're picking up some of the tab down there. I'm kicking him some of my consulting fees, and we're getting that done in Brazil. Um, you know the Mick Hitchcock uh, PhD endowment in medical biochemistry here at uh, UNR School of Medicine actually picks up the the majority of the load for paying for these tests, uh, and uh, donations from individuals out there. Donating directly to the lab, paying it forward. Really appreciate. You know, we've gotten twenty-five bucks. We've gotten, you know, fifty thousand dollars. Now we've gotten even bigger. You know, it, it all counts, um, and it helps. And so we really appreciate all the support we get. Um, and now, actually, your tax dollars at work. We do have an NIH R twenty-one grant uh, to do the diagnostics, covering the four hundred and fifty samples we're doing for the Move study. So if you're in the MOVE or MOVE Plus study, uh, you are going to be giving saliva. And even if you've already been tested, which is just because of yeah, the logistics of uh, HIPAA and, and just keeping all the data strat, straight, sorry, um, you're going to get retested by our methylation testing. <clears throat> You'll get a different report, a much more scientific report, and kind of interesting. And uh, so that's actually funded through an NIH R21 grant that, uh, that the lab recently got. And so, you know, it's, uh, we're getting it done. That's what, that's what we do. You know, <laughs> uh, we, we just, uh, we start out with deficit spending, going around the obstacles that are thrown in our way and we get stuff done. But we're thinking about it and man, that's actually pretty, that, that's actually pretty good. We're still kind of holding steady at 63 countries. Um, we haven't had any new kind, have we? I can't, you know, I mean, I mean, at some point you're, you know, the word's getting out where it gets out. I, mean, I, try, I thought we got somebody new. Yeah, you know, I can't remember. Anyway, I'm Zooming all over the world. I got to tell you, I just did a Zoom with my friend in uh, Romania, you know, and another one in New Zealand. So, you know, or at least with Zoom, we're getting everywhere. And uh, so that's really cool. And, uh, but, you know, I was thinking, I was looking, I was, I was putting together the episode, which, you know, is I kind of wing it. So putting together is kind of a loose term. Um Really, this is episode number 40, if you can believe that. This is our 40th episode. We started uh, back in February, end of February, started. And I don't know, you know, I just got to do one a week, one every couple of weeks. And, you know, I guess you guys probably, hey, this guy likes to hear himself talk. Actually, I don't listen. <laughs> just like just like lab. No one listens to me in lab either. I talk a lot, but no one listens. Uh, no, you know, there's just it's just, it's actually fun. You know, and I think the striking thing is uh, some of my people actually have a great time. And uh, but we've had 40 episodes. I know when we started out, we had a really small audience, of course, no one knew what was going on. And I don't, you know, honestly, you know, they, they track they track the metrics on this uh, anchor site. I mean, I don't 
I mean, if it's really accurate, no one's listening. So, but yet I get email. I get these fantastic emails from all over the world from people that say, we love the podcast. We're learning so much. Um, it's really helpful. So, I mean, maybe I've heard from literally everybody or else some of the metrics, some of the measuring aren't, aren't so great. Either way, it doesn't matter. You know what? If only one of you's out there listening while I'm talking to you, um, it's probably Caroline. Hi, Caroline. <laughs> if there's one person listening, it's probably Caroline. Um, and, uh, but you know what? We're always happy to talk, but, but potentially it occurred to me that there could be people that have come on more recently and you know it's 40 episodes holy crap you know and i mean like an hour an episode i mean i was i originally was saying oh you just do like 20 minutes or something it's how you know <laughs> anyone who knows me says i can't talk for 20 minutes jeez um you can't shut me up so um uh, i thought but you know better recap better recap some of it so first off if you're new to the my fshd podcast and my fshd i'll tell you a little bit first off i would say go back to episode number one episode number one with uh well, Ryan Wobbles, he's Dr. Ryan Wobbles, but he is my, uh, well, he's my first successful grad student. I got to be careful about that. And uh, he is also an FSHD patient. He is a researcher, has his PhD in, uh, in, in FSHD, and he works on uh, neuromuscular disease here at the UNR School of Medicine. And so that's actually a really good kind of intro to uh, our lab, you know, um, and, and what we're doing with my FSH, we had no idea what we were doing these early podcasts. Well, actually we still don't, but, um, you'll notice that everyone's different, but I would definitely check out episode number one. And actually some of the early episodes are kind of interesting. You know, what the, the, the goal of the FSHD, my FSHD podcast was to kind of educate people and also to pull back the curtain, you know, um, <laughs> pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. Um, and, uh, let you see kind of, you know, what's going on, how it gets done. One of the common questions for you guys, why is it taking so long? You know, and I think if you listen to all of our podcasts, you'll know, because one reason it takes so long is because science is pretty hard. Even though we've got really smart people, science is hard. There's a lot of ways it can go wrong. Got to be really careful. But another reason is because not everybody's as helpful as they could be. And that, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, you expect that from researchers competing with each other. It's disappointing when it's the foundation that's not so helpful, but you know, it is how it is. Everyone's got an agenda. Um, unfortunately, it's not to cure FSHD, um, despite what they say, but uh, you'll learn about it and, and that's okay. You know, I don't want to get people down. I mean, that's actually to me, it's very positive because what it, you know, we're, we're, we're now in this, man, we're going to get it done in spite of uh, these obstacles. And by we, I mean the field, the field has grown and is going to get it done. And I think it's really hopeful time, honestly. But, you know, if you're interested in learning some of the actual science, check out some of the early podcasts. It's a great pod, you know, and some of our characters. we got some recurring people. You know, we have our CRISPR goddess, uh, Curie's Hameda, uh, PhD. She's, uh, you know, invented CRISPR inhibition for uh, FSHD and is our expert on CRISPR, self-taught, great muscle expert um, out of Steve Hauschka's lab. Um, she's on a lot, really fun. We have a great time, great uh, uh rapport <laughs> i always keep her around for a witty banter actually she's really a lot of the brains of the operation we also have uh dr takiko jones who has invented the um the diagnostic procedure for fshd uh using epigenetics that my fshd promotes um she's on um on occasion not a big fan of the podcast i gotta say <laughs> she thinks it's uh it's taking time away from the lab so she'd rather be in lab working but that's cool you know again you know everyone's got their thing um, you know, we got our, our angry dad, Brad, who's going to be coming on next week. He's going to be on again, you know, talking some of the parents perspective 
you know, we got our good friend, uh, Kate over in, in the UK. He's been on a few times, you know, FSHD patient in London. She's, um, um, really creative, fantastically artistic, and is really driving to bring clinical trials to, to England and is just a real force to be reckoned with. And she's really fun. Uh, I got my good friend T in Vietnam who came over, um, just, you know, toured the U.S. with me. And uh, we had her come over to meet some FSHD people who now is, uh, you know, getting things going in Vietnam or uh, working with one of the hospitals there. And, uh, you know, just wonderful woman, really fun and uh, very creative as well. It's going to be a lot of creative FSHD people, very artistic. Uh, so, you know, these are people that have been on, if you kind of recognize, you know, we had uh, Chip Wilson on in one of the early podcasts when he first announced all of FSHD. Check that one out. Um, if you're interested in some of the science, there's a mouse podcast, you know, the making of an FSHD mouse. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that one's kind of scary that, you know, it's a really powerful tool. Um, and, uh, you know, it was really hard to make because quite honestly, the foundations wouldn't support us, um, for reasons that, yeah, we talk about that. Um, yeah, you know, actually, uh, speaking of foundations, you know, that I'm very opinionated. Um, you know, it's, uh, People ask me, you know, what should we do? Well, my, you know, we we support uh, my FSHD. We do not raise money. Okay, we are a nonprofit. We're a five hundred one c three nonprofit, um, which is weird because, well, you know, when I set it up, I just didn't know what to do, and I set it up because of frustration um, with in activity and actually in a. Well, we'll get into it, but the, basically, uh, the frustration with the. Uh, the mechanisms that were out there to get our research testing out to the community and uh, worldwide community, and also um, to get the, for education. I just, it just, you know, at some point you just hit the wall so many times with people that just, um, in my opinion, just don't care about, actually don't care about the FSHD community. They just want um, to, you know, write a check, sit down, shut up, and write your check, and don't worry, we'll take care of you. I just get frustrated. So I started my FSHD as a nonprofit. I thought I would use it to raise money, so that's why we went through all the paperwork and got approval by the IRS. But, you know, eh, it turns out, eh, well, actually, it's a big pain in the ass to do that. <laughs> so I decided not to do it. We're not going to eat. So I actually may actually eliminate the nonprofit status because it doesn't matter, right? Actually, we're not raising money. So what do you do? Well, you know, uh, believe it or not, as negative as I may sound sometimes, I'm a big fan of um, some foundations. I love the Chris Carino Foundation. In fact, last week we had Chris Carino on. Check it out. He's got a great story of his FSHD journey starting his foundation. And quite honestly, the Chris Carino Foundation for FSHD, they funded our mouse model. Um, that's the reason the Flex Ducks 4 mouse model exists and is out there and widely used by yeah, all around the world, actually, and freely available. Uh, they funded, actually, they funded our small molecule program. They funded uh, the FSHD pig. The, you know, again, it's, uh, you know, so, um, yeah, pretty much every every impactful project that our academic lab has had has been funded by the Chris Carino Foundation, at least in part, you know, they're a smaller foundation. But, you know, uh, I really, you know, we're really um, happy and proud to work with them. Chris is a great guy. Check out check out last week's podcast. Um, kind of fun. Um, Friends of FSH Research is the other foundation um, within the U.S. that we work with. And uh, they also, you know, historically, they funded the, the most impactful research probably in the past 10, 12 years of, of any far and away. I mean, um, I know everyone likes to put their stamp and claim credit for stuff, but there's no question Friends of FSH Research out of Seattle with Terry and Rick Colella has, has been fantastic and funded 
Um, and again, they've, they've been um, the only domestic foundation funding our research testing that's promoted by, by my FSHD. So we really, you know, those are places that we put our money internationally. Um, I love a FSH, um, scientific advisor for them. I'll do grant review, but I love there in France, a patient organization. And I really, my favorite organization is, is the Ducks Foundation or Foundation Ducks, um, which is not a research foundation, but it is um, Pierre Lorien set this up over in France to uh, uh, give uh, wellness <laughs> activities and, and some level of normalcy to some severely affected uh, FSHD, you know, young, young kids. Um, and I think it's just an absolutely fantastic uh, foundation. Uh, we, that's one that we support uh, from personally, absolutely. And check them out online, <clears throat> Foundation Ducks. Um, it's in French, mostly in French. I, I don't think you translate. Uh, uh, but, you know, they have a fundraiser going on right now, the 24-hour St. Pierre. You can sponsor one of the Ducks teams, the Angry Ducks. And uh, <laughs> I think it's fantastic. You know, you can... Yeah, yeah, you know, people want to fund research, you want to fund stuff, but you know what, funding, you know, using your money to for research testing, that's helping somebody today, right now. Using your testing for the Ducks Foundation, that is actually helping kids today, okay? You, you know what, it's more than just, you know, the research is going. We got a lot of money in research, things are moving, a lot of great projects. But, you know, there's, to me, it's actually really important to, to treat, to, to take care of all all levels. Um, I wish there was money to take care of uh, helping people get uh, assistant devices and such. Um, again, it's just, there's this focus. Well, anyway, you can run your foundation how you want. The way we run ours, uh, my FSHD is we're all volunteer. Uh, just kind of recapping everything. We're an all volunteer foundation. Um, and all we do is educate and uh, put you in touch with uh, my academic lab the Peter and Dr. Joe Jones lab, uh, for if you want to have your epigenetic status evaluated for free and um, have it uh, have us uh, uh, report to you how it relates to what's known about FSHD. So it's a research test. Um, it could be a diagnostic, but it's not, uh, at least not in the U.S. It's not considered a diagnostic. If it was done in a um, CLIA certified lab, it would be diagnostic, but it's not. Um, but what it does is it lets you know if your epigenetic state of your FSHD region um, correlates with what's known about FSHD or not FSHD, and then FSHD1 or FSHD2. So that's actually all the my FSHD does from a scientific standpoint. And then beyond that, it's all about education and awareness, putting things out there. You know, there's a lot of fluff out there. We try to get into more of the science. There's um, a lot of cheerleading out there, which is great. You know, I understand you want to get up and, and get... Um, if you can, <laughs> you know, but, you know, not everything's a breakthrough. Not everything's um, earth shattering. In fact, most things aren't. And uh, we just try to stick with uh, what we believe from us. You know, we're scientists from a scientific perspective being being the big, big things. When, and so, yeah, you know, every once in a while I go off the rails. If you've heard, you know, sometimes I get negative. But you know what? We're just trying to be real. Keeping it real, man. <laughs> so, uh, uh, just because... I don't know. To me, it, to me, it is how I respect you. It's not disrespect. It's respect. I'm respecting that you want to know what's really going on. You want to understand the science. You want to understand the politics. You want to know it. You are the, you know, everyone throws the word stakeholder around. Well, guess what? You guys are the stakeholders. 
truly the stakeholders with patient you guys have fshd in your family you know everything that happens affects you and so you you, you know if you want to know i'm here to tell you and we don't sugarcoat it and uh you know and quite honestly for those of you who think i'm too negative boy you should hear the stories i'm not telling <laughs> you know i just just at some point you know doctor was like you know anyway we gotta you know we, you know it's just just be aware that it's it's you know you got a lot there are a lot of good people out there working for you and working hard and you know what we're they're gonna we, we try to bring them on the show you know one of the great guys is bob block uh at the university of maryland school of medicine he's gonna be coming on in a few weeks um, you know, we've had, uh, Alexander Bellyuv, man, I'm horrible with names. That's nothing you'll figure out. She's in, in Mons who discovered Ducks 4. She's, uh, actually has been on, uh, Dr. Julie Dumonceau in, um, in London, uh, has done some really innovative work on therapeutics, uh, has been on. So, you know, we try to bring in some of the scientists that we, that we know and not everyone. Um, and, uh, because yeah, you can hear right from the people doing the work and you know just some clinicians um and, and such and so a little bit of everything with my fshd okay with our podcast <clears throat> so who am i well peter jones <laughs> who who are you i am a walrus right who am i well you know uh, i wear several hats uh, uh i founded my fshd again just because i was fed up with the the space and just needed to do something didn't want people getting in the way and didn't want people telling me what to do so i guess that tells you a little bit about me right there um i'm also a full-time uh do that 100 percent volunteer in the off hours <clears throat> which is almost never uh, which is why we're running behind um also you know full-time fshd researcher i'm a professor at the university of nevada reno school of medicine um and you know we have uh, 10 people working full-time in our academic research lab uh, all on uh, various aspects of FSHD. And then the third hat I wear is I'm actually founder of our, well, it's now called Renogenics, which is a for-profit to try to bring the CRISPR therapy and our diagnostics um, uh, forward uh, 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 properly um, to the, the CRISPR therapy to clinic and uh, the diagnostics uh, to make it as a CLIA approved test. And so, you know, these are the different hats we wear, um, but we're all FSHD all the time. And yeah, you know, we mix it up. I try to, we've got to, you know, just always try to put in enough disclaimers. It's hard not to kind of mix it up, but to be aware that, you know, I have, that's the perspective I'm coming from. It's always a scientific perspective and we try to be fair. Uh, I think we do a pretty good job. Then again, yeah, no one's ever called me to say we haven't done a good job. Um, <laughs> some people have been not thrilled with them. Some things we say, but they also haven't had the guts to tell me directly. Um, and you'll notice that we're not that professional. <laughs> I say I'm a lot. I say whatever. We're not, you know, this is not a professional podcast. Uh, I have a little mic here. Sometimes we're doing it by Zoom. And we don't have a sound mixing studio. We're, we're just winging. You know, we're just trying to get information out to people. And we're having a good time. So I uh, hope you enjoy it. Uh, so that's kind of what my FSHD is, at least a podcast is about. Um, what do we recap the 40 years? Well, 40 years. Um Man, it's uh well go go check you know what mowing the lawn doing some laundry whatever check out some of the old episodes there's there's, a, there's actually a lot of really good stuff in there I, I think um but you know we also one thing I learned when I, I you know I used to be a professor at the University of Illinois where I taught 
And one thing I learned is um, when you're teaching somebody a complicated topic like FSHD or epigenetics, gene regulation, any of these things, that, you know, repetition's good. So we're going to say stuff over and over. Um, I get a lot of emails from people. Um, I guess that's something else to kind of make sure people are aware of. Send me an email, peterjones at med.unr.edu will come to my academic account. Um, or you can submit a comment on the MyFSHD webpage, and that'll come to my uh, non-academic account. I have a MyFSHD account that's separate. Um, any questions or comments? And we are, you know, I try to bring it up. We try to be responsive to the community. So um, some people have said, you know, we're still getting kind of bogged down in the lingo. We try to make the science accessible to everybody. Doesn't always work. Um, but also, you know, sometimes you just got to hear it multiple times, you know, so... Um, when I come back in a second, I'm going to actually go over a little bit. You know, we'll, we'll do a kind of a, a, a recap of the science that we've covered um, and some things. And But first off, you know, one of the things that we do is, you know, I'm, I'm an, if you listen, I, I, gotta, I always tell stories, and I'm an 80s guy. Um, I grew up in uh, the 70s and 80s, which, of course, were the best times ever if you were a kid. Um, <laughs> if you're driving a car, um, or trying to, well, actually, Hey, guess what? <laughs> now we're starting to see the seventies all over again. Jimmy's back. Um, but, uh, um, yeah, I do a lot of eighties music. Eighties really was kind of a fluffy time. And a lot of it was about the music. And I always try to ask my guests what is their favorite song. And I gotta tell you, I really feel bad. You know, I had uh, Chris Carino on last uh, week, and I, for, you know, we we're talking basketball. I got hung up on basketball movies and whether or not Fletch is considered a basketball movie or not. I think it is. If Die Hard a Christmas movie, Fletch is a basketball movie. Um, but uh, I forgot to ask him for a song, and he actually. So I, I emailed him, and he came back with a song again. I love, I love doing this. Actually, Kate, Kate, um, in the UK. Uh, started us on this with her gang of youths uh, suggesting songs. And so it uh, it's great because you hear, you find out other people's tastes, you learn all this new music. So there's this, uh, so Chris suggested his song and, you know, it's going to be great quality because I got to do it by Zoom because Spotify won't let me put it on properly. Um, so, you know, bear with it. Um, it's going to be Frank Turner, Get Better. This is fantastic. Punch up the YouTube video, check it out. Um, but here it is, uh, low quality version, but punch up the YouTube videos. Actually, there's a couple up there. I love this song, man. I could really get going, get going with this. So thanks a lot, Chris. I got me a shovel. Rising up to meet me in 
So that's fantastic. I absolutely, man, I, I love it. I don't, you know, great job. Uh, great recommendation from Chris Carino. Uh, and, you know, does Frank Turner get better? You know, I thought that, uh, that Twisted Sisters, we're not going to take it. You know, we're not going to take it. I thought that would be the FSHD anthem. I don't know. I think Get Better could be the FSHD years anthem. I love it. All right, man. Check it. But again, check out the higher quality version online and pull up them. Uh, actually, I love the name of the album. It's, what the hell was that? It was um, songs, <laughs> positive songs for negative people. I think was the name of was the name of the album. Um, anyway, fantastic, great, great recommendation. Yeah, positive songs for negative people. Frank Turner, check it out. All right. Um, so you know, I mentioned we're gonna do some science, and and you know, just kind of you know, fortieth episode, you can go back more in depth, but you know, just want to you know get everybody up. Someone said, you know, I got an email. From someone, you know, my friend uh, Emily actually, who said that you know she she kind of follows the science, but you know sometimes some of the terminology kind of gets gets kind of bogged down. And it wasn't that specific, uh, but you know, let's just let's just give it a quick run up. You know, so I know most of you are interested in therapeutics, so you hear about CRISPR. Again, we got a couple episodes on CRISPR to check out, but it's really in the news right now because of Epic Bio coming into the space. Um, and you'll remember that um, our lab does CRISPR inhibition. And so what, what is this? So, so CRISPR, you know, CRISPRing something, right? It's become almost like a verb. Uh, so, you know, this is a technology uh, that has been uh, taken, you know, it was, it was evolved in bacteria and as a genome defense mechanism. That's actually, it's natural, it's kind of like a uh, bacterial immune system in some ways, genome defense against invasive sequences. And uh, it has been co-opted or you know, removed from bacteria um, for uh, biotechnology and uh, biomedical research by some really brilliant people. Nobel Prize came out with Emmanuel Charpentier and Jennifer Doudna. Uh, they came out and, you know, they were the ones who first got it out and uh, into the lab and for uh, using it to then... The power of CRISPR for genome editing, and we'll get to this in a second. And then, uh, pretty soon after <laughs> that, also Fen Zhang and George Church uh, used it in human cells. And there's a patent dispute between them, which I think has been settled in some ways. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Doesn't really matter. But what is it? So this is a a nucleoprotein machine. Okay, so you have a protein component that is called basically your Cas protein, Cas, and oftentimes it's Cas9, but there's things called Cas13, Cas whatever. There's, there's different, you know, it's, it is a protein component 
uh, and a nucleic acid component that uh, is your small guide RNA, your sgRNA. And you put these two things together, and the guide RNA does exactly what you might expect. It, it guides the protein component to an, a part of the genome, and actually any part, very sequence-specific way to any part of basically any genome. It can get it inside the nucleus. Okay, so you're bringing this protein. Now, what is this protein? Well, Cas traditionally, and in its native function, cuts DNA when it gets to its target sequence. And so it will then destroy, you know, in some ways you can say it destroys the target sequence in bacteria. But it has been co-opted and put together in a single machine for use in mammalian cells, plant cells, whatever, for biotechnology, and can then cut specifically where you want your DNA cut. Okay, now why might you want to cut it? Well, you might want to cut something out. Cut out a bad piece, cut out a mutation, uh, cut out, cut a piece to insert something. You know, that's genome editing, okay? You're going to basically change the DNA sequence by cutting it and uh, using cat, the native um, kind of scissors somewhat function um, guided by the RNA. It's very, so, so the way to think of CRISPR is it is a, a genome guidance system to bring whatever activity you want to a very specific sequence. So if it's cutting, it's genome editing. Now you, you can, now there's something called DCAS, dead CAS. Now why do you want to kill something, right? Dead CAS is uh, you know, basically the same system, but the CAS protein no longer cuts. So when it's going to get there, the guide RNA will take the CAS protein to the very specific DNA sequence in your genome, you know, and but it's not going to cut. So what's it going to do? Well, it's going to do whatever you want. You make a fusion, you basically add an activity to the Cas protein. And you can add an activity, you can add a fluorescent probe, you know, and make it as you can see, you know, in the lab, it's kind of cool. You can see chromosomes move. Or you can add, uh, you know, you can add effectors. You can add an activator sequence. That's so you're going to turn on a gene. Or you can add a repressor sequence and turn off a gene. You know, and so, or you can add chromatin modifying sequences. You can add, you can pretty much do almost anything you want. What, you know, in the lab, um, you don't, you're not really constrained, okay? Because the guide RNA is going to take this CRISPR machine where you want it. And it's pretty specific. There's some, you know, some questions about how specific it is, but it's pretty good. Different guides are going to have different specificity. And so what are you going to do? So how does this relate to FSHD? Um, well, you know, well, let me step back. So what are some of the other things you can bring? You can also bring a base editor, okay, because this is actually coming up. Um, you can wear the guy, instead of cutting the DNA, maybe you just clip off the little, it's almost like clipping off a polyp. You clip off the nucleus side, you know, CTAG of DNA, and instead of making a double-strand break, you just clip it off and it gets repaired uh, or replaced with, um, you can clip it off and have it uh, repaired, or you can actually bring in a base editor that changes the sequence, changes the base to a, a different base. And so you can go and change the sequence that way. Um, maybe that's a safer way of doing it, bringing in like a, 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 an adenine deaminase type of thing or one of these base editors. Now you do have some restrictions. And again, you know, it's safer than cutting, but you still have an activity that's changing the genome. You do change the gene sequence. Um, so in some way, it's just a different type of editing. Okay, so reason I bring that up is because how does this relate to FSHD? Well, all three of these ways, um, cutting and uh, base editing and CRISPR inhibition and even CRISPR activation are all applicable to FSHD.
Okay. What is that? You know, remember FSHD is the dominant gain of function disease. It is the aberrant increased expression of the Dux4 gene from chromosome 4Q35 um, in skeletal muscle. So what do you need to do to get back to the healthy state? You got to shut it down. How can you shut it down? Well, you know, CRISPR inhibition is um, essentially you put an off switch. You use the CRISPR machine to guide RNA to guide the CRISPR machine to the D4Z4 repeats and and uh, shut off um, uh Bring, and there are different types of off switches you can bring. Uh, you know, our lab brings um, a transcription repressor. Uh, and we have four or five different ones that we bring and shut, very efficiently shuts off Dux4. Um, Epic Bio describes bringing in a DNA methyltransferase that will remethylate the DNA and presumably shut off Dux4. Uh, so that's what you can do. I mentioned CRISPR activation, though. You could actually activate a repressor. Right. So, for example, if you had, if you, we know that, you know, the, the problem in FSHD is that you have a aberrant epigenetic state and you have epigenetic activators at the region. Um, we know in FSHD2, that's caused by loss of an epigenetic repressor. So maybe you could fix FSHD by increasing the levels of natural epigenetic repressors. So CRISPR activation to activate expression of a repressor that maybe would then go to the locus and shut it down. Yeah, in some ways, it's kind of an indirect CRISPR inhibition. Um, you have base cutting. You know, there, we, we know that there is an absolute requirement for a sequence distal to the FSHD D4Z4. Um, we just call it 4QA if you've done the F, my FSHD research testing. Uh, you, you know that you need to have the this 4A subtelomere. Well, you can start to screw that sequence. You can cut it. Now, it's really inefficient. God tell you, you can cut it in lab and um, cut it in cells. It's going to be really hard to do in people. Um, or you can base edit it and change that poly A so that it no longer functions. Um, in which case, either way, uh, you essentially, without changing the epigenetic state, you're still making the ducts for pre-mRNA, but it's not going to be a mature mRNA because it's not going to get polyadenylated, which is an absolute requirement for um, making the duct spore protein. And so you functionally kind of you know, made you somebody non-permissive. And so that that should actually as well shut down duct spore expression and be be a treatment. Now, one of the things you'll notice as we go through the podcast, again, go back and listen to some of these in more detail. But that's just I just want to give an example. And it's kind of CRISPR. That's the, the five minute version of CRISPR. We have a whole hour on it a couple of times. Um, you know, a lot of things work in the lab. We cure a lot of cells, different types of cells, um, mice, whatever. Um, and anyway, it's, uh, it's, it's easier to do that. And, um, curing, curing someone, people has limitations. And so, uh, Chris does a great job talking about some of the limitations, uh, you know, for gene therapy, some of the things you need to do and, and how to actually get a path to clinic. So go back, you'll hear us often talk a lot about a path to clinic, which is, um, Oh, we're just kind of sick of curing cells in mice. Can you actually get your therapy into a person? And so we talk about that. So that's something else I think that's really important. This actually gets to, you know, common complaint. People say, ah, you know, I've been getting updates for 30 years and breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough and nothing's happening. Well, that's because they're not really breakthroughs. You know, you can do, again, you can, a lot of technology works in the lab. A lot of technology works in cell and artificial conditions. You can really manipulate systems. But really getting it into a person, it has a whole lot of different requirements and metrics in respect to safety and specificity and efficacy. Okay, proof of principle, you get 1% of <laughs> edited poly A sequences. Great, works. You can get a paper and graduate a student. Doesn't mean uh, you're going to get a, have a cure for FSHD in a person.
Okay. So those are things we kind of talk. And again, it's not being negative. It's just pointing out the, the reality of it. Because aren't you guys wondering after all these breakthroughs, you know, keep sending your money in every time there's a breakthrough and nothing happens? Well, you know, well, <laughs> a lot of spin out there. Okay. So we try to cut through that. Uh, you know, what else, what's going on? You know, other thing, you know, another thing about anti-sense. Now, anti-sense is going to be the big thing coming out right now. Everyone's up, you know, it's, this is, uh, what do we mean by this? Well, these are the clinical trials that are going to be coming, uh, presumably, uh, at the end of 2022 and into 2023. So, you know, what, what is this? What are we talking about? So, um, basically, the way gene expression works, you have a gene that's DNA, and it is a copy of it is transcribed by RNA polymerase into RNA. You get a mature RNA um, that then encodes for the amino acids that make a protein. Okay. And so you go from DNA to RNA to protein and the ducts for protein then um, has a number of adverse um, effects downstream, activates a whole lot of uh, aberrant uh, gene active gene pathways, immune responses, all sorts of things go on. So, what is antisense? Well, the uh, the RNA, you know, there's, there's DNA has two strands, sense and antisense. The RNA makes a sense strand, which means it is the correct sequence, the correct DNA, you know, it's a copy of the correct DNA sequence that encodes for the right sequence of amino acids to be put together to make the duct spore protein. What you can do, that's a single strand nucleic acid. Um, you can actually make an antisense, a sequence that will be complementary to the Dux4 mRNA and bind in a very sequence-specific manner the Dux4 mRNA and make it double strand in some regions and uh, change its uh, biology. And you can change its biology a number of different ways. You can change its ability to be properly uh, processed so that it can be made into protein. You can block that. You can block translation. That is the biological function of um, taking the mRNA and turning it into protein. It's called translation. DNA to RNA is called transcription. RNA to protein is translation. You can affect transcription. You can affect translation with uh, antisense. You just basically, and why is this cool? Well, you know, there are four bases, CTAG or an RNA, it's um, CUAG. And, you know, you add them up and you do the math, you know, four, you know, four to the, to the 15th, you got 15 in a row, you get very highly specific, sequence specific, RNA specific knockdown or inhibition of function. Okay. Because remember, you know, it, it's, you have, while you have aberrant expression of ducts four going on in your skeletal muscle cells, you need all these other cells to be, all, all these other genes to be properly transcribed. You need the right set of genes to be on and the right set of genes to be off. So you got to be really careful that you're only going in and removing um, the ducts four mRNA, right? Because it's dominant gain of function disease. And so antisense is a really great way to do this. Uh, you can base very specific, presumably in the lab and in theory, very specific. And actually, it's been shown, I think, pretty pretty solid for FSHD by a number of groups. That you can very specifically, well, I shouldn't say specifically, you can very efficiently knock down um, ducts for mRNA. And what do I mean by knock down? Well, the RNA is transcribed. The DNA is transcribed into RNA. And you have this ducts for mRNA, messenger RNA, that's going to, and um, you can either block its ability to be polyadenylated. Okay, in which case the RNA will be degraded, and what, so therefore you don't have any ducts for mRNA, and you don't get protein. 
You can use an anti-sense to affect its splicing so that you, again, also can prevent polyadenylation and, and no mRNA will be, um, it'll all be degraded and you don't get protein. But you can also bind specifically to the mRNA and trigger a double-strand RNA response and have the RNA degraded, very actively degraded. Okay, because double-strand RNA is a trigger in uh, your cells that says, wow, there's a virus. You don't, you shouldn't have double-strand RNA. So normally this is a trigger um, for shutting, for degradation, or at least, um, yeah, normally it's degradation. <laughs> so uh, you can artificially make a double-strand DUX4, uh, and this is... Um, this is work that's done. Um, this is what antisense, you know, so antisense has a number of ways it can actually get in there and work. And so, so what are these things? These are ten, typically tend to be synthetic nucleic acid molecules that may or may not be RNA or DNA. You can actually have chemical backbones and you can change their stability. So they're able to um, last very long in the cells and in the body. So you might have very long stability, which would be great because that means less dosing. And then uh, specificity, well, how long are they going to be and what region of the G of the DEX4 gene are they going to be uh, targeting is going to make a difference because some regions will, due to secondary structure and, and other things, um, are going to be better than others. But also due to primate toxicity, you know, where can you go wrong? Well, not every sequence that you can put into a person is, is okay. Let's just say that. Um, you do have a number of immune responses that are can be triggered by nucleic acids injected into your system um, as, again, as an immune response, an innate immune response um, to viral or bacterial infection. You recognize things as being non-self or non-human DNA, so you got to get around the toxin, that response. So you get this. So what you end up with is a synthetic molecule of a particular sequence that has kind of individual, <laughs> unique chemistry to improve stability. Um, and then normally uh, it'll then be tagged with something, some sort of protein or an antibody, which is a different kind of protein, um, tagged with something that'll help it get um, into cells and hopefully specifically into muscle cells and very efficiently and hopefully not into the liver cells or where it's gonna be a sink. And, and so these are, this is what antisense technology is, okay? They're gonna be synthetic nucleic acid type molecules um, specific to the DUX4 mRNA, some part of it, that are going to be tagged to knock down DUX4 in um, mRNA and muscle. Okay. And so the difference is there. You got a bunch of companies out there. You got Arrowhead, Avidity, Dyne, Myracule, um, uh, probably others. <laughs> I mean, I know there's others. I'm not sure how the ones I'm allowed to talk about. And, and there's some others out there doing it. There's some academic labs doing it. Um, you know, uh, this is kind of also somewhat similar to what the Harper Lab does with their RNAi gene therapy for, you know, and this works spectacularly in FSHD muscle cells in the lab, works really good in mouse models, you know, so we're very hopeful of the technology working in, in, in people. And this is, these are the clinical trials that are promising to be coming in the near future. Um, so what are the questions? The questions are going to be, you know, what's the dosing? How often? How stable is it? What are the tax profiles when you get into um, primates? You're a primate. And you want to get into primates to make sure that you don't have an adverse response. So, so working in the lab doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work great in people. And so, you know, these are probably what's, I mean, I, honestly, I don't work with any of these companies, so I don't actually know. But um, technology has been around since, well, 2011, maybe even 2010. And, and you know, it's, well, it's, it's in the clinic for other indications, such as Duchenne muscular dystrophy and, and SMA. 
So this technology is, you know, and it's been in the clinic for myotonic dystrophy. So the technology is in the clinic. It's also for other indications. Uh, so why not FSHD? Well, I will say that um, Dux4 is an unusual gene. It is has an unusual content, DNA content um, that maybe cause that actually. Well, I don't know if I say it causes some problems. It's hard to work with because of the actual nucleic acid, uh, acid content of the gene that could be causing some. In the end, you're stuck with the sequence. You got to knock it down and 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 within the limitations of the human body. But this is what antisense is. It's going to be an uh, an injection of some sort, um, probably an IV injection. Although I don't know, I'm not privy to what's going on. Uh, it could be weekly. That's when the Duchenne trials is doing weekly. It could be monthly. It could be yearly. You know, honestly, I got no idea. Um, but there's, you know, it'll be, and uh, there's different technologies from the different companies are going to have potentially different sequences. They're likely going to have different chemistry internally for the stability. They may have different modes of action on whether they're blocking the poly A, blocking splicing, causing degradation, whatever. And uh, they're all guaranteed they're going to have different moieties attached to them that are going to affect efficiency of uptake and biodistribution. Okay, and these are going to be the differences. And I think it's great that you got a bunch of different companies doing this with their different technologies because we don't need them all to work. We just need we just need one of them to work. Eh, nice if a couple of them work. And then we get to cost, and cost is a good problem to have. Wouldn't it be great if that was the discussion we were having? Hey, we've cured FSHD, but now we got to fuss with the cost. Yeah, everyone wants something cheap and effective. You know, hopefully, I mean, you know, but but you know, it'll be great. It's a great problem to have, I would say, um, dealing with cost because that, that means that you've cured it, or it means that you've actually had um, great effect, a great uh, clinical impact um, for patients. Because that's the number one thing we got a clinical impact for patients. Um, then we've got to make sure it's accessible to everybody, not just in the U.S., everybody around the world. And that's going to be a different question, too. And so, you know, durability matters. Um, synthesis, cost of synthesis matters. Um, so there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of, there's a lot of little details that get in there once you get from the lab into the clinic and then into production. You know, so these are all things. Check out, we have a whole Antisense podcast you can talk about. Again, a couple of CRISPR podcasts. You want to talk about the mouse? I keep talking about mouse models. We have the mouse podcast uh, Learn about some of the mind, and we'll bring it. And you know, the cool thing is we got the people that are actually doing it. Um, we go to and talk to, you know, we just say mouse. I don't know what you think. There's, um, you know, we have transgenic mice that we've made that uh, contain the human duct spore gene. Um, but we also have uh, xenograft mice that contain human muscle from FSHD patients growing in the mouse. Okay. And these are different models for different things. Those are really cool. Uh, you know, we're making mini pigs. As I mentioned, there's a mini pig project going Well, our lab is making, again, you know, you'll find out there's a theme with us as an academic group. We just get sick of waiting on everybody. You know, we started my FSHD because the foundations just wouldn't get on board and support us and help us get our diagnostic or research test out. Well, you know, same thing. The foundations wouldn't help us get the pigs made. We ended up making the pigs um, our large animal model. Just talking, talking, yapping, yapping, never actually go. So we just did it ourselves. It turns out then, of course, actually the foundation, some of the foundations came on board. FSHD Canada, FSHD Global, Chris Carino Foundation. Um, they came on board and funded the pig. And so we now have, uh, well, we're generating, we're still working on it, but we're going to have a large animal model of FSHD. And um, we'll have a... You know what? You'll be able to. You'll we'll have a podcast from the person who <laughs> knows it best. Well, that's going to be me and Takiko because we're the ones developing it. Um, I think a lot of well, there's a big difference between having a therapy work in a mouse and having a therapy work in a person, and I think you could mitigate a lot of the potential problems 
with a proper large animal model. Um, it's, it's absolutely inconceivable to me that a foundation would say this is not important to them. But then again, you know, that's why it's important to have a lot of foundations. I'm a big fan of more voices, your voices. Uh, hell, I think everybody should have a voice. And um, I think I'm a big fan of having I'm decentralization. <laughs> because when everything is controlled by one one organization, um, well, things fall through the cracks and get missed. At different found, that's why I love, you know, I, you know, you know, having a foundation is a lot of work. My FSH is a lot of work. I was just asked, it's unbelievable how much work it is. And I know people still get this idea, hey, I'll start a foundation in my kitchen. You know, you got no idea how much work Dan Perez and Carol Perez and Steve Jacobson put in when they started the FSHD Society 30 years ago. My God, astronomical amount of work. Um, you know, then, uh, you know, uh, Terry Colella uh, doing the Terry and Rick, the work they're doing out of their kitchen. Neil Camarda working out of his house up there in FSHD Canada. Chris Carino working at it. You know, you know, it's, you know, I, it's easy to say, hey, we want, it's good to have a lot of foundations because I do think we need different voices. There's different ways to do things, um, different perspectives. And I think because, because it's too, it's too important. You know, you can't, you can't get it wrong because you're narrow and you just have tunnel vision. Um, but man, it's a lot of work. So God, man, you gotta, I, I really hats off. Well, after having done this with my FSHD and we're just a little podunk little thing, the amount of work it is to do this, I really got a tremendous amount of respect for the people that have started foundations and, and that are, are doing these things out of their, their homes and just, it's just making, and, but you know, and the reason I have tremendous respect is because you can, you can do this and have tremendous impact. It is unbelievable how much great impact. And speaking of impact, I gotta, you know, I was, uh, you know, I'm a uh, good friend still with, uh, with Dan Perez. Um, Dan Perez, uh, founded the FSHD society way back, way back when, and, you know, he hasn't been around for a while, you know, so, you know, they lost their soul when he left and, and, uh, but he's still involved, man. He's still not involved in society, but he's still involved in the, in the work. He's at home doing the things that no one else will do. And I was talking and he sent me an email. He's like, man, he's like, Peter, I did it. He's like, actually, you know, that's the, the subject line of the email he sent me was I was able to get this done exclamation mark. You know, so what is this? Well, Dan, Dan has respiratory problems with his own FSHD. Okay. You guys know that this is a, many of you know, I mean, this is a huge problem. In fact, this is going to be, if you're going to die from FSHD, this is what's going to get you. If you're severe, it's going to be respiratory insufficiency. Okay, everyone says, ah, oh, FSHD doesn't change your lifespan. Well, let me tell you, um, I'm pretty sure Dan's mom, Carol, died of respiratory insufficiency. I'm pretty sure a lot of people, Jacobson, died um, from his FSHD. So, you know, it's uh, it's complicated, but no one's looking at it. And Dan has been bugging. Dan Dan's on a lot of councils with NIH. Dan is a, is a, he's a giant in the field of neuromuscular research, and he his voice still means something, even though he's been sidelined. Um, you can't actually sideline someone like Dan. So he's just doing it on his own by himself from his kitchen when he's not <laughs> on his breathing machine. Um, he is still bugging NIH and he was able to get this through. It was a notice that was put out um, two days ago, it released well, July 18th was the notice. And this is notice of special interest, respiratory complications of the muscular dystrophies and RO1. Um, first available dates for application, September 25th, 2022, expiration date, January 8th, 2025. And it says the purpose of this 
notice of special interest is to encourage research grant applications focused on respiratory complications of the muscular dystrophies. This includes further elucidation of respiratory phenotypes in humans, research to optimize pulmonary function testing and existing respiratory therapies in humans, and mechanistic and translational research, including in vitro and in animal models that examines respiratory muscle response to gene therapies and other therapeutic strategies in the muscular dystrophies. So yeah, it's for all the muscular dystrophies. Everyone should be happy. This is a huge problem in Duchenne, right? You have the, the, the problem with the diaphragm. And, um, but it's a huge problem in FSHD as well. People have not been paying attention to this. Well, Dan had just, you know, it is, it, you know, it, it is his major problem right now is the respiratory issues. And he got this done. And, you know, there you go. There's a guy, one guy making a difference. Absolutely still, after all this time, made a huge difference starting out. He's making a difference, still making a difference. Man, I got I got to tell you, I got more respect for Dan than, than damn near anybody in the business on, on what he's able to do. That guy is unstoppable, okay? So you try to sideline him, you know, nobody puts baby in a corner, okay? Nobody puts Dan in a corner, okay? So he's he's getting it done still. So Dan, congratulations, fantastic. Um, this is NIH, um, has got special interest in uh, respiratory complications, muscular dystrophies. Way to get it done, man, way to go. All right. Well, see, there you go, Dan. Dan getting it done. You know, um, this respiratory, we're out, you know, the whole field uh, really, well, you know, again, <laughs> it's just amazing. All this stuff happens. We get well stones. We get uh, uh, special calls in the muscular dystrophies. And people just don't realize that Dan is behind a lot of this. Dan just is relentless in getting things done. And so his name's nowhere on this. And people just aren't going to know. Uh, but you should know that uh, Dan. On, you know, the people whose job it was to take care of these types of things for the FSHD community and just didn't see any of <laughs> the history, not seeing the importance of what's really important in the field. But Dan knows what's important. And um, and uh, so he moved, he got this done, pushed it through. And uh, we're, we're very grateful, Dan, man. Very grateful. I can't wait to see uh, some of these uh, respiratory grants coming through for FSHD using our mouse model, using our big models. You know, we're making the model. Hey, now we have the models to actually do some of this right and to make sure that uh, therapies um, are addressing the respiratory issues uh, that that affect, you know, the severely affected FSHD patients. So, fantastic. You know, it's great timing. Great timing. Um, I know it took you like five years. You're trying to do this 10 years ago, but um, it only took you 10. Well, let's see. We were, we were at BBRI when you were talking about this. So, that was... Man, that was 10 years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, anyway. Um, all right, well, you know, that's what we like. You know, one of the reasons I think Dan and I are such good buddies is, uh, uh, you know, we always said we're kind of brothers separated at birth. Uh, we said, you know, it's just, we're just very passionate and we just kind of stubborn, don't take no for an answer, push the, you know, break down, man, break down barriers, go around the barriers, roll over the barriers, whatever the case may be. When you, when you know something's important, get done, just get it done. And those are kind of, you know, pe similar people find each other. Um, and, you know, uh, we, we just, we used to just sit and just argue over the best way to do what, such and such for in the FSHG space. You know, just very passionate. You know what? There's a lot of best ways. The important thing is to have motivated, capable people uh, that are willing to dedicate themselves and the time and the effort to get stuff done. People like Jennifer Burgess. Uh, from the Long Island uh, FSHD Foundation, uh, which is now the Chris Carino Foundation. Jennifer, you know, she she got our uh, mouse model, the FlexDux4 mouse model funded. This wouldn't exist. Go back and see the mouse podcast. Wouldn't exist because it just, well, 
<laughs> go back and read the mouse or read. Um, I used a good read. Go back and listen to the mouse podcast. Long story. There's somebody, an individual made a huge impact. Jennifer's amazing. Hell, I got a call for, I got, I think I got a call with her this Friday. She's still moving, still, still working in the space, getting stuff done. Um, you know, and again, you know, Chris Carino, Chris Carino, uh, and, and his foundation, they've, you know, it's a small foundation. Uh, you know, Chris Hughes, uh, is helping them out. Uh, you know, and, you know, it's a small group. I know Chris's, um, his wife helps out. You know, it's a, you know, it becomes a family affair when you have one of these foundations and just so much time and effort goes into it. But man, you make some tremendous impact. You know, you see something important. You just say, I got to, I got to do something. They're fantastic. You know, Rick and Terry Colella at Friends of FSH Research uh, started that foundation. And it's just actually, it's, quite, it's become quite a large, um, I wouldn't say it's large, but, uh, you know, it's, it's a substantial foundation significant i'll tell you that they do fund the best and the, the most significant research of any foundation they often partner with the carino um at least domestically because uh you got neil camarda up there in, in canada um up in calgary uh with fshd canada man i gotta tell you neil is an unsung hero of the fshd community you probably may or i don't know if you know who he is or not but fshd canada that neil works with um he founded and they move mountains you know, this, uh, seriously, I mean, they are absolutely spectacular. Um, they fund some, of, and they're still doing, even with, you know, they work with Chip. They've worked with Chip in the past. You know, that's, which is, a, you know, it's a, um, you know, Chip's a great guy. But, you know, it's, a, he's, you know, a lot of people ask and make a lot of ass go into Chip, I imagine. Um, you know, Neil, Neil gets, uh, you know, brings the, the right projects to Chip and, uh, and you know, fun stuff himself. Just says fantastic. That was before Solve. Now we got Solve going on. Well, FSHD Canada is still funding innovative seed projects themselves. Um, you know, getting things forward. And there's some really cool stuff. They're really still fun and fantastic. So Neil Camarda, fantastic. Um, really, really appreciate all that you've done for the uh, FSHD field. You know, you got uh, Natalie Cooney down in uh, FSHD Global in Australia. You know, Nat, and you want to talk about a force of nature. My goodness, you don't want to be on her bad side, I think, because like, she she gets things done. Natalie gets things done. Um, she got the bio, just recently got the bio nano going um, down there for um, diagnostics in Australia. We're helping. We're doing a big project in Australia that she's been spearheading. You know, they got a couple of great people down there. Emma Weatherly, who many of you may know, and uh, Danielle Thompson uh, with the foundation down there. You know, it's funny. People may think that I'm against um, having paid people on a foundation. Actually, not at all. I, mean, I think it's actually, you know, there is a ton of work. You know, a lot of these are volunteer. We're all volunteer. Yeah, you get some paid people on the staff. I know Dan was paid for a while. Um, you know, I mean, you had to, you know, it, you, you, you know, at some point you got to have people that that becomes a full time job, and it's absolutely value. So you know, having a few paid employees to get things—that's what you get out of them that, that matters. You know, and I think FSHG Global is a great example of a foundation that really does it right. Um, got some great people, motivated people, uh, and man, they get—they're really moving the needle in Australia, and uh, we're happy to be working with them and helping out. Can't wait to get down to the Chocolate Ball and see them all this year. It's gonna be fantastic. We're gonna actually I'm gonna get Natalie and Emma, Nat and uh, Emma on uh on the podcast i gotta get them on anyway they're doing fantastic got fabio down in uh in brazil with a brave few you know he's working down there with uh eduardo eduardo um silvera and the gang some you know they, they gotta again you know it's not never one person you gotta got a group of people but normally there's one person's kind of like leading the charge you know and Fabio down there in Brazil is, at least that's always my contact. And, and he is just doing a fantastic job. 
bringing diagnostics to Brazil and and also um, eventually clinical trials to Brazil. It's going to be through because, because he wouldn't take no for an answer, and he, he's been knocking down barriers. Like another, it just he's it just it, it, it's just it's a theme. One person can make such a difference, you know. Um, Pierre Lorian and uh, you know Pierre and Lorian and Vincent Tronel. Uh, you know, with uh, Ami FSH, you know, they started that. But then Pierre went on and started the Foundation Ducks, which I've talked about before, Favor Foundation, you know, on giving wellness um, events for um, severely affected uh, FSHDers, you know, the, the Angry Ducks, <laughs> and I was, the Canard something. I don't care. Anyway, just fantastic foundation, just amazing. Um, Pierre and, and his wife run that foundation, and it's just amazing. It's just really people making a difference. Um, for my FSHD, you know, it's Jenny Hessenyager. She makes the difference for us. I'll tell you, you know, every time I was when I look and say we're near a thousand domestic samples. Actually, you know, as I've been doing the podcast, just sitting here, I'm like, we may be near two thousand total samples if you really add it up. Two thousand people helped. It's all because of the website that Jenny Hessenyager uh, set up, the My FSHD site, that makes it so easy for people anywhere in the world across the U.S to um, sign up for their research testing. She um, put all the content. You know, I, I made a lot of the content, but she, she made it sound right. <laughs> made it comprehensible. Comprehensible? Comprehensible? I don't know. See, that's the problem. She's my editor. She's um, copy editor, text editor. Heck, she even edits when I talk. She's like, you know, I've listened to the podcast. Are you sure you want to say that? She's keeping me out of jail. Keep, you know, well... <laughs> I'm pretty sure it keep me out of uh, slander lawsuits too, because you know it ain't slander if it's true. Um, and uh, you know, and you know me, I just speak my mind. Uh, but Jenny's fantastic. Her husband Brad, um, he's you know Brad actually is the source of a lot of the ideas for the podcast. What's important? I mean, I, you know, Brad, you know, he's, uh, gets his head wrapped around ideas and just thinks about it and comes up with really great questions and then he pieces it together and we have fantastic conversations. So it just, and you know, uh, the Hassaniaga families commits a lot of time to my FSHD and we just wouldn't exist without them. Or if we did, it would suck. I mean, <laughs> we're just fan, you know, the reason it's great, the reason we're able to get this, uh, everything out is because of the work of Jenny, you know, and, uh, and Brad helping out. I really appreciate them, you know, and, uh, so, so very fortunate, you know. Yeah, of course, you know, my, there's my kiddo, Jenny. <laughs> Jenny Hessenager's Jenny in the Heartland. You got my kiddo, Jenny, she's up in Portland. Um, she actually helped out with my FSHD when we were starting, too. She was with us, you know, when she when she was uh, in Reno with me for a while. Uh, she helped out and was fantastic um, before moving up to Portland. And, um, you know, um, so I'll give my shout-out, Jenny. Love you. <laughs> and I can't wait to see you in a few weeks. We'll get you on the podcast. He said, you said you'd do it. So we're going to do that. Um, so anyway, you know, it's been 40 episodes, me rambling on. Uh, uh, you know, it's I'm just very fortunate. People always thank thank us. People, oh, we want to thank you. We want to thank your team. Honestly, we, we feel very fortunate to be part of this community. We feel extremely fortunate that our academic careers mean something. Um, we are, re you know, the, the, the diagnostic test, which is not a diagnostic, but it could be, um, the research test that, that Takako developed has just been, I just unbelievable how impactful that's been. Again, I get these emails all the time, please help. And I got one this morning, please help. And yeah, it's just, I'm glad that we can say, yes, we can help. We can get you an answer. It's all because of this science, Takako science. And the team, we just feel so fortunate to be part of the worldwide FSHD community. 
And um, hey, you know, we're doing our best. Everyone's got a role if they want it. And uh, yeah, so we, I guess I would say thank you all. Thank you all. And um, hope to see you in Reno. Keep tuning in. And, uh, you know, he, he no, you got to thank Jagger. Jagger with the theme music. Everyone thinks, uh, you know what, I think they're right. The best part of the podcast is the beginning and the end of the, which is the theme music. All right, man, take us on home.